Welcome to HassCast. This is the host, Mike Hass, here. This is a podcast where I do a film review in the beginning, go a little bit into entertainment industry news, then I review a couple of new songs, mainstream or underground, uh, you know, music songs, uh, and then we go into a little bit of rap news and stuff like that. Then in the end, we'll do a nostalgia case, talking about an old film that I uh, really enjoy. Um, and, uh, you know... This is on YouTube and Spotify and Apple, so definitely, you know, if you're listening on a podcast platform, download, leave a rating, check me out on Instagram, at Mike Media Incorporated, INC, and then, um, yeah, you know how it is, let's jump right into it. Um, Before we jump right into it, though, I want to shout out Mormon, uh, frequent, uh, you know, Guest on the show, he's been on it twice on Has Discusses and Hascast actually. Um, just check out his beats on Instagram and stuff like that. And um, yeah, if you mess with that music, also shout out to Lakeith Stanfield, a great actor. And like, I've seen him grow a lot since Get Out, um, truly. And we're gonna be talking about his performance in this film that we're gonna be reviewing that just came out. This film is Judas and the Black Messiah. Now, this stars Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield. Actually, two both Get Out actors. Great film. Now, that was a film directed by Jordan Peele. Directorial debut. One of the greatest directorial debuts. And its cultural relevancy is very present in um, the way it applies to things in society. Now, we're going to be taking a trip down to the, uh, you know, late 60s, early 70s and uh with Judas and the Black Messiah we will see a sort of point of view of uh Black Party Panther members Black Panther Party members um and we will see them sort of have a lot of people who they can't trust a lot of people that they can trust because a gentleman in the film is a um he gets arrested for something and then he ends up being offered a plea deal by the uh, FBI to be an informant. So he's basically sort of coerced into being a perf- an informant in the Black Panther Party. And he end- rises up the ranks, gains the trust, sort of gives information. And um, this was not like the only case of that. I've actually, uh, if you if you read the book Chaos, a uh, book about Charles Manson, um. There was a lot of this that went down, a lot of corrupt police officers who would try to uh, sort of infiltrate these social justice and civil rights organizations at the time. And this was kind of like a sort of horrible thing that they were doing to these sort of communities cause, because these these sort of civil rights activist groups aren't really that violent. They're really only violent when it comes to responding to um sort of people who don't like their lack they don't like their change and stuff like that so they're really trying to build and help their community these uh, organizations and stuff like that so they're constantly being brought down by the local police departments and stuff like that so this film is really um trying to kind of offer a uh, different perspective on the um black panther 
party and how they're really trying to help their, uh, you know, you know, the communities and make it more about like making sure everything's funded properly. And also they formed a rainbow coalition with other disenfranchised group of people. One of the group of people was actually a, uh, there's a group of, um, Latina immigrants who, uh, were being not really treated the best in, uh, sort of bad areas of Chicago, Southside in Chicago, and also a group of Appalachian, um, Southern farmers who were being sort of, uh, not being offered the proper opportunities for employment in the city. So we get to see how it's not really like, they're not, they're really trying to unite sort of a group of, groups of disenfranchised people for the better, all led by the character that Daniel Kaluuya plays in the film. Lakeith Stanfield being the informant, you really get to see like him, I feel like with all informant stories, you get to see him sort of like maybe sort of allying himself with the one who he's told to be against and stuff like that. And I feel like what's even haunting is that um, this all kind of, happens sort of during the this story is told kind of through like a sort of interview type of thing done for a documentary in the uh, late 80s so after the documentary premieres the um the i don't know this is kind of like this isn't a spoiler because this is like true life true story so the um informant character kills himself and like the when the documentary premiere is showing the information stuff like that i'm i have to say this is kind of a sort of conspiracy theory thing this isn't really a conspiracy theory thing this is proof of a conspiracy because this all really happened the government really did assassinate a high-ranking member in the black panther parties for no reason like because he's trying to help the community and stuff like that I, I definitely recommend checking this out. It's a really good piece of history. If you're sort of into that whole um, civil rights things and how you really want to learn a piece of history and have it be sort of thrilling and also, like, it's not, it's actually a really thrilling movie. It's not like a shitty, they're trying to rub the politics down your face. Like, it's actually, like, well-paced. There's cool suspense. Um, the villain, the, the sort of villainous character is actually really well done. And, um... There's no one bad guy and there's no one good guy. There's a lot of people that you can trust and cannot trust. So um, every character is pretty fleshed out and memorable and stuff like that. And you really get to dissect a small fraction of American history that I never thought I'd really check out without checking out this film. So check out Judas and the Black Messiah ASAP. Um, uh, in theaters and on HBO Max. Um... Yeah, I really messed with it. I'm going to give it a rewatchable. Um, I feel like I would watch it down the line or something like that. Because I'm just a big Lakeith Stanfield fan. He was in Knives Out and Uncut Gems. Um, yeah, and Get Out, of course. But he's always been in something great uh, all the time. He's always in something awesome, really. Like, I just... He never stops being something amazing. I just can't get enough of Lakeith Stanfield's, uh, you know, films. Um... Anytime he ever does something, I'm always checking it out, really. Um, yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that. Giving it a rewatchable on the watchability scale. So, definitely check this out when you can. Alright. <clears throat> so, let's get into some entertainment industry news. Actor, comedian, podcaster, Chris Diala is back. So, this guy had uh, certain allegations to him, you know, and what he basically explained is that 
all these allegations are false, all his relationships are consensual and stuff like that. But what he did come forth with, which is actually surprising and shocking, is that he is sort of taking advantage of his status in the entertainment industry by sort of having relationships with lots of fans and stuff like that that maybe he shouldn't be having and uh, sort of would be considered unloyal in a relationship. And he actually admits to, um, you know, cheating on his fiance that he's having a child with. So that's pretty big information. But what I'm glad that is he's um, trying to come forth with this information. And I feel like what they could what they could label this is... Um, Sex addiction, or, sex addiction, or something like that. But what I do see is that he's uh, trying to be transparent with his fans who haven't seen him in uh, almost uh, a year do anything really. Um, yeah, so I'm hope to see his podcast up again. Big fan. I bought the merch. Um, I might even do a video detailing everything if I get the chance. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. Um, I'm down for a silly goose time because that's what his podcast really is. Um, it's a, it's a silly goose time. I'm totally, totally down to just watch more episodes of it. If he does that, if he's like gonna put this out and not do anything, like come on, like maybe he just wants to be like, oh, I'm alive, yeah. But I don't know. But it's kind of sucked to see all his comedian friends kind of like be like, oh, I wasn't friends with him. I wasn't friends with him, and delete all the posts with him. Really, you know. They're just, like, making a couple statements because they don't want to be aligned with someone who's had allegations to them. It's like, really? Come on. Come on. You were friends. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. That's all I got to say about the Christy Alice situation. I'm just a huge fan. I'm glad to see him being transparent with his fans and getting back into work. The East Wind is a song by Amon. And, um, you know, this is an artist, and he had this song out produced by Nadaj and um it's a pretty fire song let me play a little snippet of it so you can get a gist of what this song's like So, you know, obviously I've already listened to the song before, but what I am hearing is this sort of, you know, string instrument being played, and it's just, like, actually an excellently sort of hopeful song that I really mess with. It's a, it's a very hopeful song. The tone is good, everything in the background is very good, and the percussion is totally on point, and Nadaj goes really ham with the production. I'd say the vocals later, I really didn't like how they were sort of performed and stuff like that, but I do sort of appreciate the energy of the beat, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like One Way Flight, no, Over the Limit by Benny the Butcher or something like that, mixed with like some sort of hopeful just blaze type of track and then it has the sort of percussion that a bones track would have where it's kind of messing meshing up a lot of different things and i like small like long string instruments being played in the song and i really appreciate the way it was done let's vibe out to this for the next 30 seconds Fuck who you are, 
multitasking, acting like a salesman. That's my favorite line off the track because when you got to juggle so many different things, you know, you know, multitasking is a skill that is heavily overlooked. You gotta know how to do that shit, really. Eight oh eight's on point, really. Like the background melody is so simple, it works. You know, that's one of those simplistic melodies that really works on that beat. I can't hate for it. I really can't hate on that. Shouts out to Amon. You'll see an article on Splash Bakery about him soon. Right for that website. Definitely check the song The East Wind out now. Now we're going to check out that December. Man. You know how this goes. All songs from this get added to the playlist. Because this is genuinely a great piece of work. Semper, and actually I heard from a friend of mine that his music is being played by a 90-year-old. My friend saw a 90-year-old listening to Sempra, okay? So he sort of brings this dark, evil, sort of haunting energy to this, and he self-produces uh, everything, right? You sort of, you know, you don't, you don't see this from a lot of Sempra's trunks, but you see the sort of dark tone of voice from him. You don't get that a lot. You really get the high-pitched you know, fast rap voice. This is like not really seen a lot by him. And um I respect that he's showing this side of himself a more, you know, slow sort of not the beats aren't slow, but the, the melodies are slow. They're not as fast paced. They're really spacey. They're really haunting. It's like you're you're stepping in some sort of abandoned church looking for some ancient scroll to uh, remove a curse off of an evil um, villain terrorizing your uh, town or something like that. And, like, you know what I mean? It's that level of thing. And there's a killer on the loose or some shit like that. It, that's how it feels, you know. I really feel like I'm rambling right now. But I'm saying that because it has this sort of really distinct energy that Sempra, he's not just going to be putting out a banger. He's trying to put out an energy with this type of stuff. And look at the little thing right here. He's really, like, Semper, good artists always try and downplay their, their, their talent. This is a collection of songs I've compiled over a month or so. Enjoy. He knows, I don't know if he knows this, but these songs, they sound distinct. They sound, they don't sound the same, but they have the same energy, and it works to the point where each track has something different, but the energy is still the same. And everything, the delivery is always on point with Semper. And I definitely recommend checking out Vendetta by Semper. Let's vibe to Misfit. Hey, I'm Jordan. Oh my god, these advertisements, I swear to god. Like, why? This is why I don't like SoundCloud a lot. I still use SoundCloud, but these damn ads, you know? It's coming up soon. Three. You know what I mean? It's like, like what? Oh no, the alarm's on or some bullshit. Like it's like you're trapped in like some 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 hidden facility. Oh, 
Verizon. insane bro that's insane okay so jack harlow we got some news rap news jack harlow and drewski like i didn't make this post but like let's just show a funny clip of jack harlow and drewski because they're funny as shit uh what is up with the fallon and why would you say you're fouling so much out here you are so fine bro <laughs> other than that i'd like to i'd like to ask oh about God. the game man uh you're really persistent. You're, you're a great guy. <laughs> what are you looking at, man? You're a great guy, man. You're out here. You're working hard. Your team's working hard. What do you have to say? Bro, about he's you? the funniest guy. Sorry, I get so nervous when I talk to you, bro. I'm up up. Um, <laughs> it's far from... We got 24K golden, man. So inspirational. You know, it's physical. That's the type of game we like with physical players. I just wish you were playing, dog, so I could guard you. <laughs> I think we're gonna go ahead and kick it to somebody else now. I don't know what you. What the hell type of interview is that? What the hell type of interview is that? <laughs> Alright, now, now, listen to the commentators on this game. I don't know what type of game. This might be like an all star game, but it's just funny as hell. Oh, I told you if I was gonna happen. I told you somebody owes me a hundred dollars. Somebody owes me a hundred dollars. That's twenty four K going right there. Somebody owes me a hundred dollars. There have not been any on the first game. But there were where is number eight? He's getting scrapped out the car right now. White on white violence at all time high. That's the funniest shit I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> all right, so we're gonna do a nostalgia case. Roll it. Okay, so Dog Day Afternoon is a film from the 1970s, and stars Al Pacino and. I forget that guy's name. I'm not going to lie. I can't. I can't lie. John Cazell. Yeah. John Cazell. I remembered it. But nah. So. El Pacino does a really poorly planned bank robbery. And um, it's like. It's a real big. Sort of. Robbery type of thing going on. So. The thing about this. Bank robbery. Is, is that. There's police all over the place it's horribly planned and there's a lot of like speeches in the middle of the street and stuff like that it would be a really good play it would be a really good play like if everything was sort of staged correctly or some shit but it's all kind of compact on one location and that's the bank and stuff like that and al pacino tries to get money for a rep for um gender sur gender change surgery for his uh for his husband and um yeah, so it's like a lot of, there's that element to it as well, but there's also the um, veteran element, the Vietnam War veteran did that as 
element to that as well. And, um, you know, what's cool about it, though, is that since they're all, like, kind of trapped in the bank, waiting, it's kind of like a siege, because they can't really just run out, right? Or the cops will shoot them. And then it's kind of like um, The Breakfast Club. And I know this came out before that, obviously, but it's sort of like The Breakfast Club, because they're all kind of trapped in there. They can't get out. So they're kind of just sitting there, like, ordering pizzas and stuff like that, like, waiting to be, like, finding a way to escape with the hostages and stuff like that and the way they become friends with the hostages is crazy but the ending is like a big it's a big ending you know and it's pretty perfectly set up between everybody and it's like the these 70s crime dramas mainly character based not action based are really like my favorite type of films really like, in terms of old films, because, like, I'm not the one to say all new movies suck, but uh, there is, they sort of had that creative freedom at the time where they could do that. You know? It, it really, it, they had the creative freedom to do that. The studios would let them do that. Like, everything wasn't sort of pushed out like a factory, like, where there's a, everything's done the same way and stuff like that. There was a lot more creativity back then stuff like that, so, yeah, man, like, I really, I really dig the way this is, this film was, like, written and all that, and how it's all based on a true story, but, um, this makes me want to check out, like, Serpico, too, as well, and 12 Angry Men, I don't know that they're the same director, they might be the same director, I mean, Sidney Lumet, Lumet, whatever, like, I don't know, what <laughs> yeah, he did do that, I did do that film as well. But yeah, like, I love these old directors and all these films that they've done and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's all we got for Hascast. Thanks for, thanks for watching. Um, yeah. I'll be casting out my thoughts to you on the next Hascast. Cast. <laughs>